This podcast is generously sponsored by the Pillar Network. The Pillar Network is a community of like-minded churches that are doctrinally aligned so that they can be missionally driven to plant and revitalize churches together. That doctrinal alignment comes around six DNA. They are committed to gospel proclamation, being Bible-based, to live expository preaching, to churches that are elder-led, confessionally baptistic, and kingdom-minded. Reach out to them today at thepillarnetwork.com, thepillarnetwork.com. Baptist 21 is a pastor-led voice for Southern Baptists in the 21st century. The B21 podcast will discuss current issues in the SBC with Southern Baptist church leaders. To check out more resources, visit us at baptist21.com. Well, welcome to the Baptist 21 podcast, where we want to have conversations about what it means to be Baptist in the 21st century, and certainly a current uh, hot emotional topic and conversation among Southern Baptists is the issues of Christian nationalism, patriotism. And so I have with me today uh, Pastor Adam Wyatt. He pastors in McGee, Mississippi at Corinth Baptist Church. Uh, He's been on the podcast before. He serves as a a member of the executive committee. And so we've had him on before, but today we're going to have him on to talk about a new book he's he's put out, uh, give some details around that, and just have conversations about Christian nationalism, patriotism, and and so forth. So Adam, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. I don't think in the past we've done this with you because you were on with three other guys, but want to get just some quick bio stuff uh, as we kind of start out so people get to know you a little bit. So just tell us kind of where you're from, how did God save you, how and when did God save you, and then call to ministry and your current work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, my dad's a pastor and was in the military, so we moved around quite a bit growing up. Uh, moved to Mississippi in the, I guess I was in the sixth grade. And uh, uh, so I was the only child. So thankfully, my dad was able to share the gospel with me growing up. So I was always active in in, in a church, in a healthy church. Um, got called to ministry in college. Um, of course, my parents would say that they felt I've been called to ministry a lot longer than, than but I just didn't know that. Uh, surrendered into the ministry. Uh, have been almost 20 years in now oh, wow. and uh, went, went to, to New Orleans for my MDiv and then got my PhD from Midwestern and uh, hmm. uh, just been serving Mississippi uh, churches as, as long as I can remember, seems like now. So we're really excited hmm. about uh, what's going on in the state and uh, moved to, to hmm. my church in June or started in June wow. and, uh, and man, just, just, just plugged into a, a solid, healthy church and I'm really excited about what God's doing. Gosh, made a move during the pandemic. That's that's uh, old. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, yeah. I want to do five other kind of quick questions just to get to know you. Kind of think family feud. Answer kind of first thing that comes to your <laughs> mind. Um, so, so let's go. Question one: Favorite sports team? Uh, I'm an Ole Miss Rebel uh, right now. Anyway, I've been for a long time, and so you take that. <laughs> uh, you take the good and the bad when you're an Ole Miss fan. So I'm enjoying it I right know. now. I love it. Love the powder blue helmets. Number two. That's right. Jordan or LeBron? Oh, Jordan. Come okay. on. Absolutely. That's, that is the only right answer on this podcast. <laughs> <It's> correct. Correct. <laughs> Third question. Uh, favorite food? Uh, steak. Oh, amen. Doing well so far. If this was actually family feud, you'd be <laughs> probably winning without your partner. Number four. We uh, we're kind of moving into that time of year. Best Christmas gift you got as a kid? Oh, my gosh. That is tough. 
Uh, probably a Nintendo NES, the original. Uh, I remember that yep. still as a kid. That was awesome. Hey, you're doing really well because that would be my answer for my if, if I was asked that question. The first uh, Nintendo <laughs> was a great Christmas gift. Uh, last one, first text of the first. What was the text of the first sermon you preached? Oh my gosh, it was um, it was in Isaiah. I remember it was. I can't remember the text, but I remember what the topic was. It was about broken cisterns, and and I remember I probably butchered the text. Uh, it was awful. I remember I remember getting to the very last uh, moment where it was the invitation, and I remember uh, I was filling in. I was doing a disciple now, and the the pastor asked me to preach that Sunday. I was like, "Yeah, I'd be loving to," and I thought it was for the kids or the students. And then he realized, "Oh, wait a minute! You've never even preached a sermon in a church before." And I remember I got all the way to the end. It was time for like the invitation. And I turned around and said, well, I'm done. And I was, it was the worst. Uh, how, how old would you have been? <laughs> oh, man, I was in college. So I was probably 19, 20. Oh, wow. like I love that. I wonder if there's any recording audio of that. Let's anyway. hope not. <laughs> well, hey, let's jump into an important topic. Um, I'll just a little bit of a disclaimer. You sent me a PDF of the book, but I haven't got a chance to read it. I did done through, or I guess I should say scrolled through a few pages. And, sure. um, but right, let's just start here. The book is entitled Biblical Patriotism, Evangelical Alternative to Nationalism. What in the world possessed you to write a book like that? <laughs> well, it's so weird. Um, the book is pretty much just a, uh, a rehashing of my dissertation, uh, from Midwestern that I finished last year. Mm. And, uh, it kind of came out of a couple of things. One was just a, a paper I wrote for one of my first uh, uh, doctoral courses. And all I can remember about the paper, it, it, it was really just talking about what it means to be, you know, a sojourner in the world, basically. And that would have been around 2015. And then out of that, uh, if you remember around that time, there seemed to have been like 300 different uh, uh, Republicans not, you know, vying for the bid. And then, you know, Donald Trump kind of comes out of nowhere and, and, you know, make America great. And all these things were kind of going on. And I just started seeing some things that I just, I didn't understand and some things that I didn't, uh, I I don't want to say they were troubling things. They were just things I wanted to understand better. And I had to come up with a topic. And so at first I decided, well, I'm going to look at patriotism and, and it just kind of stemmed from that. Um, and and obviously the, the the project, my dissertation especially, morphed and changed from 2016 on just because things started growing and changing at a breakneck speed. So uh, yeah. I think I've, I've been I've been dealing with some of these topics before they were really in vogue topics, and so I just felt like it was a good opportunity maybe to to put something out there that might could be helpful. Yeah, Amen. Well, hey, this I think in this conversation, there's obviously a lot of emotion. It's highly charged. There's even probably like us not listening to one another and talking past one another, all all kinds of things we could say there. So maybe probably best question to start off with, let's define terms, right? So what do we mean uh, when you say biblical patriotism? What do you mean when you say nationalism? uh, What do you mean? Sure. Um, And that really is the challenge. Um, You know, in fact, when I first started looking at the topic, um, I had one idea of where I was going, but then I realized uh, every, not everybody, but there are so many different ways to, to use these terms. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people use them wrongly. And a lot of people use one term when they're meaning the other. 
And so I realized I couldn't deal with patriotism from a biblical perspective until I came up with what it meant. Mm. And so for me, I define patriotism as a a loyalty to our country uh, that sees itself as being loyal to our people, to our culture, and to the land itself. Um, and I don't say this is what the I don't I don't go into it saying this is how the Bible defines patriotism. I say this is how the the Bible should inform our patriotism, mm. uh, and so so that's kind of what I did. And so I see I see patriotism as an alternative to nationalism. Now, right now, nationalism is 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 the hot button. Our Christian nationalism is the term that everyone's using, right? Um, but I, I see a lot of problems with that because no one wants to define it. Uh, I, I think it's kind of similar to you know using terms like woke and CRT and. Uh, and and maybe even evangelical to an extent. There's these big terms that are being tossed around, and everyone who's using them is using it in a, a specific way. Right. And when they're talking to people that might view it differently, and so like you just said, you know, I think we end up talking at each other a lot. And so I think that's that's going to be a big challenge for us moving forward. Hey, well, let's as you kind of give the the definitions there. Let's talk maybe key texts and key theologians that show up in the in the book. Um, as you kind of think about biblical patriotism and even the the language of, I'm not trying to say the Bible gives this definition, but basically this is what should inform our patriotism. What are the key texts that you kind of address um, in the book, and then maybe some key thinkers, historical figures, theologians that also show up in the book? Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, well, for me, I look at loyalty. Uh, I looked at loyalty in a few different ways. Um, the the first way I kind of see loyalty kind of play out is just with our family. Um, you know, we have a command to honor our parents, um, and there's no qualifying statement in that. You know, it doesn't say honor our parents if they're good people. It doesn't say honor them if they take care of us. It just says honor them. Um, and and you know, we're not. We don't choose to be born into our family, much like we're not. We don't choose to be born into the country we're born into. So I, I find a good parallel there that you know we there's there's an inherent honor in our parents. There's an inherent honor that we should have towards our our um, um, our, our country. Second, uh, another way when we look at loyalty is there there's there's the loyalty that we have towards our friends, uh, and so that's not an a blanket uh, honor, uh, meaning that, you know, it's some things happen to our friendships that change our friendships. You know, I looked at, you know, Jonathan and David and how there was just a, an intimate connection between them and what it looked like, you know, and, and I think, you know, we all have friends that, that we may not see for 10 years, but if they picked up the phone and called us, man, we drop everything to go help them. Right. You know, but then there's also some of those friendships that we've had that something's happened and we're no longer friends with them. So it's not an uneil, un, unending loyalty. Sometimes those are those are loyalties that we have that we 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 choose to have. Uh, and I, I I think there's something to that when we look at our our, our nation. Um, you know, should we have a blanket loyalty no matter what? I don't I don't think that's necessarily wise, but I think that informs it. And then when we think about loyalty to land or to the actual place, you know, I mean, you look throughout the Bible and, you know, God created Adam and even put them in a place. They were in a guard. There was there was a there was home. There was land. Uh, and, and almost ever since we're all looking for that little piece of Eden in our life. And so I see that there there are some connections. I mean, it's like every one of us, we go on 
on vacations and stuff. And man, we, you could go to the most amazing place on, on earth, wherever that is for you, the mountains, the beach, whatever, but there's still something special about coming home. Uh, and I think God's kind of wired it. So I kind of deal with some of those things. Uh, then I, 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 I move into the new Testament and I actually posit that, that Paul's a, a good test case for a biblically informed patriotism. You know, he's a Roman citizen, which puts him in a really interesting category when we look at the New Testament authors. He was a Jew. He was very well educated. He traveled. Uh, he clearly loved his home home country. He loved his people. Uh, you know, in fact, you know, he almost kind of says, look, I'd give up my salvation for them. I mean, th- that's that's incredible love for his people. Um, and he used the government to his advantage at times. You know, there's you know, he's getting beat. He said, hey, man, I build a uh, you know, one time he goes, I, I want to appeal to Caesar. And another time he says, man, I can't believe you'd beat a Roman, would you? Mm. And everyone kind of freaks out, you know. So, I mean, he clearly knew politics and knew it well. Um, but at the same time, he also was willing to go to the ends of the earth to, to share the gospel. Um, and so I think he's a really good test case for what a, a, a biblically informed patriotism or patriot ought to be. And, um, you know, but he clearly understood where his citizen, citizenship ultimately lied. Uh, and, and one theme I really wish I could have could have played out. I just didn't have the room. Was just how Peter and Paul both basically say the same thing to 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 honor the government. But I think when you look at it, you know, Paul wrote as a citizen, and and Peter wrote as a subject. And I, I think that needs fleshing out. I, I never really came across a whole lot of people that really looked at that. Um, you know, I think Americans, we've always seen our American Christians have always seen ourselves as as citizens. But I think maybe you're slowly starting to see we're more subjects than that. And so it's interesting that that, you know, the Bible basically says both people do the same thing. Uh, and it's easier for us probably to be a citizen or a subject in America. But imagine, you know, living in North Korea or or China and also having those same commands. And so. That's something we've got to flesh out too moving forward. But you know, when you think about uh, you know, uh some of the theologians, I mean you, you gotta deal with Augustine and and then you know the two kingdoms and the uh and then you've got uh uh David Van Drunen, uh, who's a newer guy that that I really enjoy some of his writings on that. Um but but I but it was real weird too moving moving into the real research that uh, there's not a whole lot that have really dealt with patriotism. Um, a lot of dealt with politics, uh, and obviously today a lot of people talk about how to vote and this and that. But there's not just a ton out there that just says, "Well, this is this is how we should view patriotism in itself." Uh, and then when you go into the the, the major uh, philosophers out there, they're all across the board right. uh, on how they do things like that. Uh, you know, I, when I've preached, you've already brought up one of these texts that talks about us being, I mean, good citizens, First Peter 2, uh, other texts like uh, that talk, I think, around about in some ways on this, we're talking about common grace, First Timothy 2, uh, and maybe even when I'm having this conversation, I should say 1 Peter 2 and 1 Timothy 2, but <laughs> I've made the argument before in, in sermons and other places that there's two pitfalls we can fall into when it comes to America, loving her too much, that's idolatry, or on the other hand, basically almost feels like it's popular now to despise America. Mm. Both seem yeah. unbiblical. Paul, as you've already mentioned, Paul certainly loved his kinsmen according to the flesh. He didn't love them more than he loved his kinsmen according to the spirit. But how do you encourage us to avoid both of these pitfalls while also recognizing God's grace? He's allowed us, for the most part, to live in a First Timothy 2 country where we 
can live peaceful, quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. Uh, there's freedom and so forth. So how do we avoid, you talk about this much in the book, but how do we avoid these kind of two pitfalls of either loving her too much or on the other hand, basically despising her and acting like there's no common grace and uh, the kindness of the Lord in the country he's allowed us to live in? Yeah, and I, and I really think that's where patriotism brings the the best thing for, to the forefront. I think two things you're seeing today, uh, you and I kind of make the case uh, that patriotism is the biblical alternative to nationalism on one side, and also cosmopolitanism mm. or globalism on the other. You know, globalism kind of ignores that God made all the nations and wants to see us almost like a citizen of the world when God clearly has established boundaries and 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 even in even in Revelation, you know, all all people of all tribes, tongues, nations are are, are there. So maybe even in heaven, we retain some sort of our national nationality. I think that's important. And then nationalism, I, I think, can can tend to ignore that God created all nations. And so patriotism, I think, is in this sweet spot in the middle where we can both uh, uh, find value and good in our country and in our people and those kind of type things. Uh, and also stay, it can stay away from some of the idolatry side of things, which, you know, and, and if we're going to say it's idolatry, we've got to be real careful what we mean there too. Uh, because I don't think everyone that waves the national flag and, 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 and everyone that, that, you know, gets, you know, emotional around, you know, Memorial day and things like that. And veterans, they like, those people are not all idolaters and that's right. crazy to think so. Right. And so that's why, you know, when, when, when Paul says, you know, give honor to where honors do, I think that's an appropriate command. You know, uh, we had veterans day not too long back and man, we honored our veterans and man, I prayed for them and I prayed for those that are serving our country Be you know, I'm a military brat myself. And so, uh, uh, I think that's a good thing, but then you also see some churches where they're, you know, flying off fireworks in church and, you know, and it's just like a, you know, <laughs> it seems as if they want to, you know, ask you to say, hey, look, would you ask America into your heart at the invitation? And I think that's probably wrong. Mm. Uh, and so I, there is a fine line, but I think patriotism, nationalism, however you want to look at it, I think it's this one it's just one thing in our churches where pastors, we just let it go. Uh, you know, if, if there's a young man in my church who's married, and let's just say he's, he's uh, you know, taken out uh, a co-worker, a female co-worker, and let's just say they're eating lunch all the time. They may not be doing anything wrong, but I would probably say, hey, brother, you might not want to do that. You, you may want to pull back just because of the way it looks, and you may, you may put yourself in a bad position or, or something else. And I think... Patriotism is this one thing that we know can be sinful, but we if it goes too far, but we don't deal with it at all. Uh, and, and, I, and I don't know if we can afford to do that anymore um, because we're just where we are, uh, whether that's right or wrong. Uh, I, so I think we need to be able to speak biblically to what's going on. Where does the term, because um, it's not a biblical term, and that's why probably why you even use the language of this should help inform our patriotism, but where does the term even come from? Uh, well, it really kind of depends on how you how you look at it. Um, you know, a lot of it kind of stemmed out of the French Revolution and, and, and elsewhere. And again, I was trying my best to, to deal not necessarily on the, 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 the literature as a whole, because... You know, when you're you're doing a dissertation on theology and then you're bringing in politics and then you're bringing in philosophy. Right. Like there was no way to limit. 
uh, right, sure. uh, of what we had. Right. So, um, you know, it's really just kind of one of those weird terms that has meant a lot of stuff, even in Greek thought. Um, and even then, it, it, it's always meant something different. Um, so I know that's not really a good answer. I'd have to go back and remember that was one of those kind of footnote sure. things that I never really had to look at. Yeah, and that's even why you're probably using language of inform our patriotism rather than it being mm-hmm. something that that's a, coming out of the, the a biblical term. Um, right, right. You kind of made mention of this. Like, I, I'm the guy who, like, I definitely am against. So I want to talk about some practical topics. I'm, I'm definitely against yeah. uh, singing Lee Greenwood in a Sunday service. I think it's completely <laughs> inappropriate. But I'm happy to okay. go out on the boat with you on July 4th and sing Lee Greenwood with you. And I'll have a tank top on that has George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and Teddy Roosevelt. It's an incredible tank <laughs> there top. There you go. Uh, but this may be where <laughs> kind of the, the rubber hits the road most practically for pastors. And you kind of at least, again, I haven't been able to read it all, but you at least addressed a little bit of, I saw the the like a flag in a um, in a worship space or also patriotic liturgy. Don't give away the whole book, but could you give us just a taste, uh, leave a little mystery for folks, but give us just a little taste of how you address Again, what are really practical topics for most pastors uh, who have to deal yeah. with uh, in in this kind of context, in this conversation? Sure. Towards the end, I kind of lay out a uh, almost like a rubric for how people look at this. Mm. Uh, and and the, the issues were the flag and patriotic worship or patriotic lit- liturgy. I kind of called it visual hermeneutics because I think that, that the flag uh, can to an extent, bring forth some sort of a message. Um, and so you can you can look at it that on one side, you know, they need to be present and everywhere, and it's completely appropriate to sing patriotic liturgy. And then you can look at it all the way on the other side that there should be no sort of attachment whatsoever. And and I don't necessarily say this is the right way. I really just say there's here's some ways to think about it. Um, the older I get, the less comfortable I am with singing those songs. But there are some of those songs that I do think is appropriate to sing. So that's where I think we need to to really flesh some of those things out. Um, you know, I, I had a conversation with a professor at one of our Baptist uh, colleges here in Mississippi. And when he was pastoring, he had a conversation with the lady. And for some reason, he had, and he's a former Marine, right? Uh, and and so he's he is patriotic, but he had removed the uh, the flags from the, the sanctuary for some reason. And either he did it on purpose or moved it for some or other reason. I can't remember how the story went, right. But he had a, a conversation with his lady he said, well, 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 preacher, I can't, I can't worship if the American flag's not in the sanctuary. Mm. And he was like, well, that's not right. Yeah. You know? And so I think when we have those conversations, we need to, to be willing to speak lovingly as pastors to those folks. Um, but also at the same time, remember that the, that, that, you know, again, showing honor to where honor is due is not a bad thing. In fact, I think it's encouraged. It's, it's commanded to. But there is a fine line there. Um, so is it right to pray for our, our, our presidents? and our le- Absolutely. The Bible tells us to. Is it good to honor them? Yes, the Bible tells us to. Um, but at the same time, our allegiance has to be to Christ above all. Uh, you know, if, if, if we get for me, if, if we gather on the Lord's day, and people people leave thinking how great America is rather than how good God is. I think we have failed a little bit, um, whether it's one time a year or four times a year, or what have you. And so I would just encourage our, our pastors and our leaders just to. Uh, and I'm with you, like like if if it's if it's like on a Saturday, I mean we man, let's do it big. Let's sing the songs and blow the fireworks up, and you know let's celebrate uh, one of the good graces that God has given us in the country that we have. 
because um, I talk about that too. America's, you know, I don't want to say that America is is any more special than any other country in the world because God's sovereign over all of them. But but I I think it's crazy not to see our history and see, man, God did do something crazy here, you know, and amazing. And I'm thankful for that. Um, and so I think, I think we can do both. I, I mean, I really do. I think we can be faithful to Christ and be thankful for what God's given us uh, in the context of our worship. So I kind of tease some of those thoughts out uh, in one of the chapters. So that's, a, you know, that's a hard question. Again, you've, you've already made mention of this, that nationalism, there's, everybody has their kind of own de- definition of it. That lady who said, I can't, well, maybe preface it like this. I, I remember talking to a pastor one time who he was, they were having a patriotic service on a Sunday, like right around July 4th. And he just remembers the church putting this massive American flag. And when they, when they raised it up, it covered the cross that was on the back of the wall. And he was like, whoa, mm-hmm. like that is, that is off. Like something's crazy there. But like this lady who's saying, I can't worship without um, the American flag in the, in the service. Um, is that nationalism? I mean, like, like you obviously don't know what's going on in somebody's heart, but that kind of is getting into a, into an area where, hey, that's if that's affecting your worship of something that's much more grand, uh, it's accomplish your salvation. At the, some, at the end of the day, Jesus will be king. There will be no more American presidents, so forth. Yeah, is that nationalism? I think depending on who you talk to, some would say yes, some would say no. Uh, again, that's kind of one of the problems with the definitions. I mean, I think— the better question would be, is that idolatry or not? I think that might right. be a much more helpful because, I mean, even when you talk I about nationalism and patriotism, I, I think people, e- even when I started the project, um, I struggled so much because I was like, well, man, I don't want this to come across like I'm critical of being a patriot. Uh, and, and so we have all of our own preconceived ideas of, of, you know, I mean, we teach our kids to stand at the anthem and, you know, we, we teach, you know, a lot of times when I remember as a kid, you know, we did the, the, the pledges even every morning. And, you know, so there's a lot of this, um, there's a lot of this kind of, kind of pushed upon us even as kids and we grow up with it. And so we've, we've also got to remember some of that's a part of the worldview that we have. And so I think we, the better question would be, is that idolatry? Right. Um, and, and I think maybe a better, a better term, and I'm still kind of fleshing this out might be nationism rather than nationalism. Um, I, I still don't know what to think about that, but, you know, the question is how do we view ourselves in the, the broader scheme of not just politics? And that's the thing I don't do in my book. I don't, I don't want to talk about politics because politics are confusing enough. Uh, I just wanted to look at the, the concept of what, how we should view the nation uh, and our loyalty towards that. But maybe nationism might be help, more helpful. You know, how do we view is America better, greater than everyone else? And, you know, uh, and, and those conversations are becoming a little bit more prominent. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a prominent Southern Baptist theologian tweeted out something a few days ago about nationalism being very sympathetic towards it. I saw a, a student from Southern Seminary uh, this week. He threw something out there that that basically says, hey, Christian nationalism can be good. And here's some ways. And, but one of the things and I was with his conversation up until the point where he said, we ought to we ought to love Americans more, and I was like, no, I don't think you can you can't say that. Right. Uh, so, uh, and, and again, what we're seeing politically is is I think the driving factor that we're, we keep just seeing these big political shifts. You know, like Trump was the anti Obama, and and Biden's the anti Trump, and we keep seeing these big swings. 
And so now we're starting to become real rooted in, in, in the way we do the world. And so uh, I just think we need to be very, very careful with that. So it's hard to say what is nationalism anyway, because it's just this junk drawer term is generally when someone says that's nationalism, it's always a negative uh, for the same reason, you know, a lot in our own tribe and in, in Southern Baptist life. If you're woke, that's not a good thing, you know. Uh, so we just got to be careful with the terms and just look at what's really going on, I think. Let me just get a couple more questions. This is obviously a huge conversation. We may need to pick up more another time, but just a couple more questions here. And one is just needs to be kind of an obvious. So both you and I have said um, there's been common grace on America. There's been a lot to to, to celebrate, to see God's hand of um, grace on us. But there's obviously needs to be pushed back to that concept as well, because yep. we have like really egregious sin that's connected to yep. the founding of our country and so forth, uh, slavery being at the top of that list. And so you would have some saying, well, I don't see America as amazing because this has been the history of, of how my people have been treated here. Um, what do you say to that pushback? Like somebody who's saying, I could never be a patriot because look what's happened to my people throughout the the centuries that America has existed. So what would be your thoughts there? Yeah, well, I would say you don't have to be a patriot to be a Christian. Um, you know, again, uh, my experience as an American is completely different than a lot of people. Right. And, and the more meaningful um, African-American friend friendships that I have, they have helped me look at this different. Um, you know, I deal with slavery in the book, you know, because uh, really the flags became such a, a prominent thing in America during the Civil War, mm. because all of a sudden, you know, the Confederacy had a flag and the Union had their flag and and both sides thought they were doing what the Lord wanted. And so that's, you, you got to wrestle with that. And so I would also say, though, in spite of all of our issues, and, and, and to me, one of the biggest issues now is, you know, how can we say we're a Christian nation when we aborted 60 million babies? Like, right. I just don't think yep. we can say that. But yep. nobody wants to deal with that. But that's something we have to discuss. So patriotism gives us an opportunity to kind of look at, where where we are as people and as Christians and how we view the world rather than how does the world inform how we 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 look at faith. And so I, I also think that America is different in the fact that that we in our very nature and how we do politics, we give an operate uh, an avenue for self-correction, you know, um, you know, we, we can get out and we can vote and we we can protest and we can complain and we can we can do so many things that some people don't have the ability to do. And a lot of that was written at our founding where we believed every every man was created equal. At the same time, we had slaves and clearly did uh, didn't believe that. And, and I, we have to wrestle with that because that's history. Um, and we have good history and we have bad history. And so I think we we. That's the good thing about having a biblical worldview is because it speaks true to where you are. Uh, and so I think that's helpful. Yeah. America is different. We get to hand the sword to Caesar. And so there is there is a difference. So it, it, maybe I'm I'm, I'm going to repeat this to you. Obviously, if I miss kind of a mishearing, you correct me and, and clean clean it up. But so in some sense, you're saying you don't have to be a patriot. You you know, it's not you, you, certainly Christians can not be patriots. Um but I would say in a biblical category, and this is where maybe there's difference here between citizen and patriot, we are called to be good citizens. And even Correct. our Hebrews, you know, in Daniel, they they were the best citizens of Babylon and so forth. And we obviously have a exile um, 
we're, we're, we have the same identity. We, we are not ultimately Americans. We're ultimately Christians who are sojourning through to a better country. So think through that dichotomy for me a little bit, citizen, patriot. What's the, what is actually incumbent on a Christian to be and to think about their country? Yeah, uh, and, and the reason I say I don't think we have to be patriots is because, again, um, everybody's not an American, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, if I was if I was a North Korean or a or or if I was a Chinese Christian, like I, it'd be hard for me to be patriotic. Uh, so that's why I want us to make sure that that it's e- much easier for us here in America just because our countries are completely different. Uh, and so I, I think maybe I should have prefaced that I think a lot of this depends on where we are. Uh, of course, I am writing from a, an American perspective towards Americans, but I don't think you have to do that to be a Christian because, well, I mean, to be a Christian is to put our faith in Christ. Now, now that we are Christians, how are we citizens and what, how do we do things? Yes, I think it should inform that. That's why I like biblically informed patriotism. Uh, uh, and, and, and I don't say that, that you have to do this. I just think this is probably the way the Bible would speak to it. And so, you know, we do need to be good citizens, but well, what does that mean? Does that mean we have to vote? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know Christians that don't vote. Uh, uh, I know Christians that, that see that such a beautiful God given, uh, I don't want to say God given right, but it's something that God's blessed people with. So, you know, we can have difference of views there, but then, then that's where you, you got to be careful because now it's, well, to be a Christian means you have to vote Republican or to, to be a Christian means you can never vote Democrat or whatever. And, and I think when we start doing that, we, we ultimately are putting layers of of rules on top of what Jesus has done. Uh, now, I do think how we vote should be informed by what, how we view the gospel, and and I will I make no mistake on that. I I, I can't vote for a, a, a pro a, a pro abortion candidate. I just I just can't. Uh, that's just me. That's the way I view it. But I'm not going to vote for you simply because you're pro life either. There are other things that also want me that that, that I put on there in order to vote or for you. Uh, you know, we have to pay taxes. We, we we should obey the law. I mean, there's all these things that we that are clearly a, a, a biblical command. Uh, and so there is a difference, though, I think, between being a good citizen and being a patriot. Um, but it's hard to be a good patriot if you're not a good citizen, too. But I think being a being a good citizen is like the bare minimum. The question is, how do we view our allegiance and our loyalty to the country? Uh, and, and I think that's the issue. All right. So last question, I'll get you out of here on this. End of the day. You know, why is this important? What was the big burden behind this? And and really, maybe what counsel would you have for all sides in this conversation? As you could kind of at least help pastors and Christians think through this. What's the burden? What's your counsel for kind of all sides of this conversation? Yeah, uh, the burden for me, just because there was just something I was seeing, I just couldn't put my finger on it. Looking back on it, what I really was looking at was nationalism, or that was my concern was this excessive, uh, uh, maybe idolatry of nation. Um, I just couldn't quantify it because I didn't know enough. And it eventually became patriotism. Uh, and I felt like I could be a little bit more sympathetic and open-ended to that than the other. If, it, if I was doing starting this over from scratch today, I would look at Christian nationalism. Uh, but I just didn't know at the time what I was doing. So, um, you know, so the, the burden for me is... Um, politics isn't going anywhere in America. Uh, it seems to me only beca- we're only becoming more and more divided because of it. Um, and for the sake of the gospel, we need to know how we are to view politics and our country and our role in it. 
but it's I think it's becoming a hindrance to the to the message of evangelism and witnessing. You know, if, if I view you as my enemy because you don't vote like me, think like me, look like me, how can I ever come to you and, and offer the gospel um, as anything other than, hey, I want I want to give you the gospel so that you can think like me. And that's not the message of the gospel, um, you know, and, and, and so it's it's becoming very tribalistic. And, and I don't know if that's good. Uh, I remember as a kid, you know, growing up. Like I said, my dad was in the military, and and so you know we had a very multicultural church, and I was literally living in West Germany, and and when the Berlin Wall came down, I remember that distinctly as a kid, and I looked at my very multinational uh, uh, church and just thought this was kind of normal. This is what the church was supposed to be, and uh, and, and and now we look back, and and you know we don't want the way we view our country to interfere with the gospel witness. Uh, and I believe uh, more and more people are going to make this a, a bigger fight than it should be. And a lot of it is just the way the media is going to portray this. So it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, and so we need to be able to speak to it uh, coherently uh, and also out of love uh, in such a way that says, man, look, I love my country, but man, I do want to see it redeemed. I mean, I do. I mean, I, I want to see my neighbor's, Come to know Jesus. I want to see my state, and, and and likewise. And so, I think you. I think we can deal with both. I think we can love Jesus and love our country, and see both of those kind of mesh in some sort of a sense. And when I say mesh, I mean the gospel changing things, uh, because that's the goal. So, that, that's kind of my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think this is a conversation. I very much appreciate your balance and your charity. I think it's a conversation that needs a lot of charity. Um, there's again impassioned, and, and and most of the time. I think there's definitely sin in all camps on this, but most of the time it's just people really trying to say what is best for, like, how do we make sure that we live in a place that the Bible is talking about where evil is restrained and justice is is amplified and, and so forth. And there's just different opinions on how we kind of get there. Um, but I right. think this is, a, this is a big conversation. So, brother, I appreciate, again, um, your charity and your balance here. I look forward to checking out the book more. Again, we probably just scratched the surface on this. So, uh, oh, yeah. listeners, feel free to submit questions. We could always have a follow up podcast if there's a lot of questions out there. Uh, would love to hear from you and um, just interact with this conversation. Uh, you can always reach out, Baptist21 at gmail.com and submit questions or even uh, topics for, for further conversations. So, uh, we do very much appreciate uh, Pastor Adam. Thank you for writing. Thank you for taking time to be on here. Uh, and thank you for listening to the Baptist21 podcast. Thank you for listening to the Baptist 21 podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at our website, baptist21.com. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. It would really help us out. If you ever have thoughts or ideas for future interviews, please reach out to us at our email, baptist21 at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast.